You're listening to Kiama Community Radio. We have a double bill for you this week, starting today with Candy Anderson interviewing our newly elected Mayor, Neil Riley. And be sure to tune in on Wednesday when Gabby Cabral interviews newly elected Deputy Mayor, Imogen Draisma. Hello, I'm Candy Anderson from Kiama Community Radio. And today I'm chatting with our recently elected Mayor, Neil Riley. Neil had already served as a councillor for Kaima LGA from 2008 till 2021 and was elected to the mayoral position in January 2022. I should also add that Neil has been a volunteer Kaima Community Radio presenter and producer since its inception in June 2020. Neil, welcome to Kaima Community Radio. Congratulations on your election to Mayor, and thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat to me today. Look, it's an absolute uh, pleasure, Candy, and uh, uh, thank you. Your words are very kind. I would take any opportunity to share the experience that I've had uh, with the community, and particularly through Kiama Community Radio. So first up, Neil, how are you settling in to your new job? Look, uh, from the first meeting it seemed very, very surreal. I was sitting in the big chair uh, with a big chain around my neck. It's something that I've wanted to do. And uh, when it came to pass that uh, the uh, other councillors voted me in, it seemed a little bit unreal. After about two or three days, it struck me that at 68 years of age, here I was starting a new job. Uh, I had a new workplace, new work colleagues, and uh, I think a uh, very pleasant environment to, uh, to start. So I, I started to settle in well, and now uh, it's been two or three weeks, I'm starting to really enjoy it. Going back in time, can you tell us what you were like as a young kid and teenager growing up in Sutherland Shire in the 50s and 60s? Word has it that you were not your typical young Aussie surfer style. I was far from it. <laughs> I loved the beach, and I still do, but uh, I wasn't your uh, blonde-headed, stompy-wompy surfer boy, although I did have fair hair. Uh, my childhood was extraordinarily pleasant. I was lucky to be born at a time when youth was questioning and uh, making their own way in a world that had been governed by fairly compliant and fairly conservative adults. In my case, my parents were lovely, lovely people, but I was born very, very late in their life. My father was born in 1908 and my mother was born in uh, 1913. They had been through wars, they had been through depressions, and uh, it was a very, uh, I think, <laughs> a nasty shock. <laughs> to find somewhere, uh, I, I was born in 53, but by the time uh, I was uh, maybe about six or seven, I started to read mad magazines and uh, I was right into, uh, into that kind of humour. I was a child of the television generation and, and I consumed it like a sponge. 
Uh, I watched news with as much vigour as I watched Captain Fortune and Rags the Tiger. Uh, I I loved it. Uh, I also uh, formed a lot of my ideological views. I'm not talking about political views, but ideological views at that time. I questioned authority and uh, my parents couldn't really understand that. And a lot of my friends were pretty much the same. Now, I know that the Shire has a particular reputation for conservatism, and that may be the case now. But in those days, in the middle of an enormous baby boom, there were people who really didn't have too much coming together for the first time with space and greenery and and, and open fields uh, around them. And there was no snobbery to it, and there was no ethnic divisions. We, we just all piled in. My views started to be consolidated probably when I went to, uh, to high school. We were in the middle of a, a, a war in, in Vietnam. I felt that uh, there was a certain unfairness to that. And do you know what? Bob Dylan echoed my thoughts. <laughs> and uh, a lot of other music at the time really influenced me, not just in the ideology of it, which I, I embraced, but also the, the way we dressed, the way we talked. And uh, I still have that strong affection to that time. Um, a, a lot of other kids were forming groups. And when I say groups, I don't mean in the musical sense. They were surfies and they used to put lemon juice in their hair to make it go fair. And, and they wore, um, you know, bushy, bushy blonde hairdos with okanuis. And, and I didn't know about the lemon juice. I must oh, say. yeah, lemon juice was something the thing. today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it had an effect on cleaning our hair. <laughs> I think we had very clean but patchily coloured hair. The lemon juice is acidic and it used to... <laughs> anyway, uh, but my, my childhood, I, I think, was, uh, was an extraordinary exploration. And uh, I was uh, constantly amazed at what I found. I left the Shire when I was very, very young, I think around 16 or so. Ah, I see. Yes. Uh, and... Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Beyond that Captain Cook Bridge, I found life. (laughs) Mm. So at around that time, like as a teenager, at the age of 16, what were your aspirations? I have to say that I I don't know whether this is just me or or whether it was common, but influenced by television, I used to be watching Bewitched and Darren from Bewitched (laughs) used to be in advertising. And I thought that's a cool thing. You know, you get to draw and I was a fair sort of drawer and uh, you get to write the words that uh, go into the ads in, in copy. And from about, uh, I think, uh, year nine now, but we used to call it third form in uh, Carring Bar High School, mm. I, I wanted to work in advertising and I thought that would be a, a good outlet for my creative uh, abilities. Those days, jobs were pretty easy to come by and you could pick the job that you wanted to some extent. And uh, I choose to go to a company called Park Davis and uh, my first boss was a bloke called Frank Yates, and he was uh, a very, very strong influence on my life. It's funny, you know, if you think your parents are bad, wait till you have your first boss. Uh, he knocked me into shape in such a good way as that he exposed me to different levels of management as a boy who grew up in Caring Bar with a dad who was a barber that I had never experienced and uh, he propelled me 
and I, I wasn't easy to propel <laughs> into uh, into tech. And he uh, he said, uh, "How do you like uh, exams?" I said, "I hate them." He said, "Bad luck, you're going to tech." And I said, "I'm too young." He said, uh, "I have friends." I said, "I can't get in there." into to, to Ultimo and he said we have drivers in Park Davis they'll drop you in there you'll have to find your own way home and so every excuse that I put up he knocked down and he did me the favour of my life I went to Ultimo Tech doing the advertising certificate course three nights a week for three years mm. and uh, it uh, it formulated a very important part of my life with regard to discipline mm. with regard to making friends with people uh, people from different backgrounds different lifestyles different income demographics it was uh, it was fabulous and i've got him to thank and i uh, up until about 2 years ago when he died uh, i still had uh, contact with him mm. and mm. he was still a help mm. the huge uh, importance of mentors in your life yeah mm. i mean I, it it wasn't sort of known as that then but no. that's exactly what he was doing kayama mm. mm. community radio for the community by the community Treasure, treasure. 
That was Promised Land by Benji and the Saltwater Sound System from the album Ripples of Thunder. And now let's return to Candy Anderson with Mayor Neil Riley. Changing topic and coming closer to the present, when did you first decide to run as a councillor in Kiama and why? Look, um, my first brush with community service was uh, in Kiama. It was some time ago. I moved here in 97 and uh, I, I was working for a local TV station writing and producing regional TV commercials. Uh, we weren't fabulously wealthy, so I couldn't really give, you know, I, I, I couldn't be a great benefactor. <laughs> uh, it, but what I did have was the ability to manage my time, I guess. And I thought, well, I've got time. I can spare a couple of hours a week doing something. And um, uh, Meals on Wheels was mm. uh, was here. And they operated out of the old Kiama Hospital. And uh, my job was uh, about two hours every fortnight. It was nothing. I got to deliver frozen meals to uh, to people who couldn't otherwise get their, their nutrition. And I learned uh, a lot about um, what goes on behind closed doors. We have a look around, we see the neat lawns and we see the, the well-maintained buildings, but sometimes behind those doors there lurks a, um, a lot of demons and a lot of vulnerable people. And I was uh, I was quite uh, quite shocked by that. Uh, and and it, it also provided me with... Uh, a great hope. They, they, these people, they lost one kind of an ability, but they adapted and uh, they used the resources that were there for them, which was Meals on Wheels. And they had, uh, you know, certainly no no shame in it. They were all grateful mm. and they were all in, in various levels of disrepair in their own lives. Um, I remember one, one lovely lady, she was South African, and uh, she just loved to talk about the rugby and I wasn't terribly interested in the rugby, but I did get an interest in the rugby as a result of her. She was gradually going blind and her her vision was going into a tunnel. Mm. And uh, I felt for her and she would say in her lovely Afrikaans language, she'd say, Neil, did you see that rugby? It was woeful. They all ought to be shot. (laughs) And I'd say, oh, I don't think they should be shot. And she says, well, maybe just punched a little bit. <laughs> and she was great. She was welcoming into her home and uh, it was fabulous. I saw her one day down at Woolies and she was on one of those electronic carts, mm. nearly blind, mm. speeding around the place. And I said to her, uh, I won't use her real name, mm. I said, dear Madam X, <laughs> You, you shouldn't be here driving around like this with the poor vision that you've got. And she said, ah, they don't know. <laughs> and people got out of the way. But I, I, I felt bet they that, did. But I felt that they, that was a little thing. It was two hours and, and I got more out of it than what I gave. I mean, it, I felt a little bit guilty that it, it gave me so much. You know, I felt so, so terrific after doing it. And uh, I thought, well, there's other things that we can do in the community. And I know Behind those closed doors lurks a lot of demons mm. and a lot of vulnerable people. And I felt that sometimes, you know, they, they might need some kind of help. And I, I wasn't equipped to be able to do much, but I had a, an ability to plan ahead. Um, I had reasonable verbal skills. As you're learning now, I never shut up. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm also finding that uh, I wanted to do more. 
and uh, I, I looked around and I thought that, that council might be the, the answer. So in 2008, I put myself up for election to council and uh, it all started back on that, that experience of mm. um, Meals on Wheels. Mm. Neil, now outside of LGA matters, can you tell us a bit more about other facets of your life, like what makes you who you are? I know, for example, that you are very creative and that you love music, writing and acting. I also know that you have strong family values. Can you expand on any or all of these aspects? Well, um, that's part of the reason that, that I wanted to go into advertising. I, I wanted a job where I could express myself creatively but still get a weekly pay packet. I think starving in a garret was terrific, but uh, it really wouldn't put food on the table. Mm. And look, my creativity is, uh, was honed to be fairly commercial. But uh, when I, uh, I left the business a couple of years ago, I found that I could uh, explore other things, uh, particularly uh, in writing. Now, I love music. And uh, I read somewhere something that really kind of fits my view of music. I'm, I'm not a musician. Uh, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I read was, uh, I don't know anything about music, but I love the noise it makes. Mm. And that's, that's how I am with that. But with writing, um, I had an opportunity to, uh, to join the U3A, the University mm. of the Third Age. And I went along to their writing classes. And to be honest, I went there with a fair bit of hubris, thinking that I was pretty bloody smart and a good writer and I sat around that table and I listened to these people read their own works and I was humbled. They are terrific. There are so many people in mm. this town that have had other lives doing other things, butchers, bakers, accountants and farmers and so on, who have such creative ability inside them. It brings you almost to tears. They're mm. so good. And uh, that gave me encouragement, real encouragement. So in a creative sense, that's what I do. I, I enter uh, from time to time the, uh, the show, when we do have shows, mm. uh, a little bit of artwork. And, and I, I won a prize of $5 once. <laughs> and I've still got the $5. But uh, in reality, in terms of, I, I can draw reasonably well, but uh, it's not terrific. And I, I, it's not somewhere that I'm going to see grow. But with the writing, I just love it. And, mm. uh, and, and, and I see myself growing following the aspirations of, of other people's work. I, I want to be as good as they are. Mm. Mm. And your productions on Kayama Community Radio are fabulous and oh. very funny. <laughs> well, thank you. Like any of the air, airways, airwaves, is that it? Airlines, any airlines, of the airlines. Any of the airlines, that is very, very yeah. funny. It's, yeah. it's interesting. I love, uh, I love podcasts and I like mm. uh, uh, audio books and uh, oftentimes you'll hear the audio books read by a, a, a male reader or a female reader and they will take on the uh, the voice mm. and the gender of the character and I kind of like that mm. that notion I've mm. always been good at um, sort of impersonating voices and I don't know absolutely and it's a it's a fabulous skill to have well Neil. I don't know yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sometimes it gets you into more trouble than... <laughs> <laughs> finally what do you hope to achieve during your term as mayor of Kayama LGA Look, I've, I've got my vision uh, and uh, I don't want to impose my vision on anybody. I want to use the skills that I've learned through my working life and my private life of listening to people and being able to get their ideas of what 
they want to make this place better and then be able to translate that into a reality. At the moment, I find that uh, our council is in, uh, is in pretty good shape, but I think it could be in much better shape. Well, from a financial point of view, from a, um, I think, a service delivery point of view, and uh, I think from a livability uh, perspective. And all of those things form my vision for the future. I want to be able to lead a team that is committed and uh, I think skilled in what they do. And I've stood for mayor before but haven't been successful. And I think that that was the universe helping me Mm. by saying, no, Neil, that's not the council that you should lead. Mm. Uh, here's the council that you should lead. Mm. And we've got some extraordinarily talented people. We've got people who are trained in the law, people who are accountants, people who are creative in their own right, people who've written policy for the state and federal governments, people who have been in uh, elected members in, in state and federal. We've got young people. We've got older, sagacious people, this is the council that that I want to lead. It's in some ways going back to that little childhood kneel where I saw the world as it it was and really wanted to change it to be something that was good for everybody. I saw in those days where some people were being exploited by others and some people were being exploitative. And uh, I look at our assets and in order of what needs to be done, first of all, we need to exploit the asset, which is the greatest one, and that's the people of this area. We need to also look at our physical assets, and that is the green rolling hills that we sometimes talk about in almost cliche styles. But I know that there are people that I've seen come to this country from Korea, and they've never seen anything like this from, from other places, from Middle Europe, from England. They're astounded by the beauty of the place. And I think that we, we can't become too complacent about that. We've got to be very protective of that. The other thing that uh, I see are our beaches and, you know, the amenity of living by the sea. It's a tonic. Every morning I immerse myself in the ocean. And uh, it's a day that starts like that just finishes so well. You know that you can reflect back and while you have ups and downs and all of that kind of stuff, you know that tomorrow you're going to get up and you're going to jump in that beautiful rock pool and swim a couple of laps and have a bit of a chat to people, a bit of movement and a bit of social engagement. We've got the lot. Neil, I think that's a good note to end on. Thanks again for chatting to us here at Kama Community Radio. And I'm sure that all of us are looking forward to seeing you out and about and chatting with you around town as usual. Look, uh, nothing's going to change where that's concerned. Uh, I'll, be, uh, I'll be around town and it's, it's the town I love. I, I, as I said, I moved here in 1997 and uh, I'd been living in the wrong place all my life up until then. Thank you, Candy. Thanks, Neil. Hello, I'm Michelle Springett. And I'm Tracy Henderson. Join us every Friday at Kaima Community Radio to find out what's on in our local area in the following week, including live music, exhibitions and markets. 
We'll also keep you up to date with classes, workshops, creative initiatives and community happenings. In fact, any event open to the public. If you would like us to include your event in our list, be sure to email us at kcradiocontent at gmail.com. Make KCR What's On your regular go-to place to keep in touch with what's happening in your local area. Hope you'll join us on Fridays. You've been listening to Kiama Community Radio. The views, information or opinions expressed during this segment are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Kiama Community Radio.